Welcome to The Power Supply, your weekly dose of technology and science, with your hosts, David Lei and Ziyang Cui. Let's get started. So uh, today we will be talking about how um, fake news travels six times faster on Twitter and the fake hype or fake trendings by bots on Twitter also. Uh, gun violence in relation to video games. Uh, how vaping uh, may be harmful for your lungs. And finally, a reversible microwave. So uh, starting off, we'll be talking about the Twitter duo. How uh, fake news and fake trending is taking over Twitter. David, explain to me what's happening here. Alright, so first off, we're going to talk about fake news traveling way faster. Now, most of you might remember how uh, we associate fake news with a certain person. Donald Trump, maybe? Uh, yeah, but that's not the point. You see, most of the people think that uh, there are certain groups of people that are rigging, uh, are, are feeding our social media with uh, messages created by bots. Well, but that's actually false. It turns out that we shouldn't blame it on a so-called army of bots. We should actually blame it on ourselves. Yeah, on ourselves. In fact, uh, people share disinformation for a variety of reasons, but mostly because of emotional response. If they see something they really agree with or something they really don't agree with, something they're uh, really uh, surprised at, they'll share it. And uh, well, that's that's and uh, it really is just playing on our emotions. So we can't really. I mean, part of the problem is bots, but most of the problem is people circulating it and creating a mass panic about it. And like most people share it not because they think it's like true. Like most people aren't that dumb, I guess. But like they uh, share it because it's something like their so-called network, like their brain wants to hear, like. It's something they want to believe is true. So all all of this plays back on the on psychology tricks. And uh, give me some uh, facts or some data on how like how much how much faster fake news travels. Well, as we mentioned before, it travels six times faster. Wow. And uh, because there were and most of these remembered that most of these posts are political in nature. So there's a lot of varied opinions that goes around, and that sometimes that opinion can be stretched. Yellow journalism, as I like to call it. Yeah, and um, not only does uh, fake news travel six times faster, uh, these falsehoods actually are 70% more likely to be retweeted than the truth. That's uh, That's insane. Yeah. Well... We can talk about another large amount of retweeting and bots. Uh, moving on to the next topic, we're going to be talking about uh, how shady groups uh, make uh, hashtags the most popular trending topic. And, and this time, uh, it's actually the bot's fault. It's not like humans uh, trending no, well, it's the same principle follows. You have bots, they introduce a topic enough times, and then there are going to be people who are going to pick it up. Yeah. So we got the online hype beasts. <laughs> All right, we got to hype it up, man. 
And uh, this was from uh, BBC. They had an investigation in uh, Saudi Arabia uh, where they like found companies that uh, offered to artificially boost the popularity of hashtags. Hashtags like grilled lamb delivery, which was uh, the top trending phrase on Twitter in Saudi Arabia. Now, grilled lamb delivery. Just remember that Saudi Arabia, even though it has 2.4 million users, and the grilled lamb thing is one just a single store in the middle of so it's just, it's a single store that nobody really uh knows about until the they hooked up with a shady company all right <laughs> then that shady company used a ton of bots uh they paid the shady company two hundred dollars first all right and then they got uh the bots to go to work all right and then enough times after the bots go to work, they got they got people following the trends, and then this eventually, which is very surprising, it hits number one ha- uh, trending topic in the whole country. It's insane, actually. Like nearly seventeen thousand tweets mentioned this, and th- this was all in like a short amount of time, and all like like most of the tweets contained. Uh, just one restaurant. It, it it just promoted one restaurant and it listed its phone number. It's a, like it's a brilliant advertising technique. Even though it's shady, you have to admit like that's pretty. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty good. So these uh the BBC people tested out um how effective this was by uh doing uh, trying to promote their own hashtag. So at first their hashtag was kind of on the downside because. Uh, Twitter was swooning over a celebrity wedding, but yeah. after that whole episode, uh, the bots got to work. All right, and then eventually it reached number in, like, six in a di- in a district, which is still a lot of people. Yeah, right. and um, what was the phrase or like what was the trending phrase? Congratulations, Fahima. Fahima. All right, and then people started after a while after the bots. Uh, introduced this and circulated it around on the internet, uh, on Twitter. Uh, people started picking this up, asking, "Who is Fahima?" And oh, I know Fahima. She had quadruplets. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So you got people all over trying to get get on the hype train. All right. But there's limitations to this, definitely. Uh, these companies are claiming that they can uh, get the hashtags trending in the UK or like the United States, which is unlikely. Yeah, like, clearly, that's, um, they probably don't have the technical capabilities to do that. Or just even that kind of network. Yeah. And, uh, but this has lots of potential. It, 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 it has, sorry, it has lots of political potential, especially. Yeah, but we keep your eyes out on Twitter. Humble High School Podcast is going to come your way. <laughs> and, but, you have to know, like, Twitter... Uh, is trying to do something definitely like uh, in this day and age social media is a prime source a prime uh, way of spreading news and uh, Twitter is definitely trying to do something to stop this fake news sorry Uh, since June of 2017 has detected an average of 13 130,000 accounts per day that are trying to manipulate the trends list and they're uh, taking steps so to speak, to stop the manipulation, but uh, I don't think they can really do much. It'll take a while. Yeah. Uh, in Washington recently, on March 8th, 
Uh, President Donald Trump held a meeting uh, regarding gun violence where he hoped to learn more about how uh, gun violence and violence school shootings are related to video games. What? Okay, break it down for me, y'all. Well, um, after uh, last month's Florida school shooting, uh, Trump has gone uh, to try to, like, um, I guess, prevent more of these from happening. He has raised Which is a good measure. Yeah, he's uh, he has proposed laws to raise the age to buy rifles from eighteen to twenty one. He has uh, tried to propose a so-called guardian program that arms teachers. And uh, he's also trying to propose something that... Or he's trying to learn more about how gun violence is related to these video games. And maybe he's trying to propose something that stops these uh, games. Alright, but like, let's think about it for a second. Now, how many of you play Fortnite? I do, Zeon does. Now, how many of you play like first-person shooter games? I do... Well, I don't think Fortnite is, like, what he's concerned about. Fortnite's, like, like those graphics, like, I don't, I don't think that's the stuff. Like, maybe stuff like Battlefront, like, or, like, PUBG, like, those things that look really realistic. Yeah, but, like, you, uh, video games, there's some, like, most of us have the common sense to differentiate between video game worlds and real worlds. Alright? But, let's think about it for a second. Like, what if those people, some people, aren't able to differentiate? Now, okay, but then how are they going to get a gun? Alright? That's the, there's the second problem. Now, raising the age limit definitely does make a difference. But, personally, I feel like he's looking in a, in a, he's a little misguided at the moment. That's well, just something my really interesting about this. So at this meeting, there are two groups of people present. There was the pe- uh, people from the video game industry, the Entertainment Software uh, Association, and then there was the representatives from the Parent Television Council, which is against these games. Now the uh, all right, video so you can game, already tell who what the biases are right now. Yeah, the game uh, people they claim that their studies have shown that. There's no correlation between uh, increased violence in these games. But remember, you know, like a bunch of years back, uh, the fast food thing. Uh, the government, uh, 20 or 30 years ago, the government seeked to uh, do a study on fast food and show how it uh, correlates to obesity. And um, at first their findings were like, oh, fast food definitely correlates to obesity. Something that we, we know is true. But back then, the um, fast food chains had lots of power. And money, and so they stopped these findings from going public, and they made their own researches. So, like, you could probably see something something connected between these. Um, yeah, but then, the, so this could both ways, it go both ways. At the moment, most of the details are kind of obscure about all the shady back dealings. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, uh, video games don't have any correlation to violence, but... Personally, I th- they kind of do, they kind of don't. It all it introduces you to the concept of the violence. Not gonna lie, like after after watching the movie Spartacus, like I wanted to go outside and like chop some heads off. Like I was so hyped after that, and uh, actually a few years back in China, there's uh, one of these uh, TV series where you like uh, I guess follow tr- uh, troubled youths. 
who like go into prison who are on their death row and like kind of like look look at their story like what caused them to get here and one guy the guy like the one thing i watched i i remember is uh, a kid played lots of games like uh that's all he had he played lots of these violent games and um he ended up having some uh psychotic thing or the miscommunication yeah or something he uh in china you can't buy guns but he took a kitchen knife and like killed a family like a family of four i think and he uh he was on death row so even though that's one case with someone uh, who's c- clearly not um mentally so capable. violence in video games definitely influences it just what happens with that influence that really matters yeah uh, I mean, it's not the first time Washington has tried to, like, here, here's the thing. Trump's trying to focus on these games while he can be focusing on different things, right? Yeah. And during the 2013, and people are saying, like, oh, he shouldn't do this, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. In 2013, after the Sandy Hook thing, uh, Joe Biden uh, held, like, a three-day talk uh, talking about like uh, gun violence and stuff, and he also met with these uh, game producers and talked about oh how like he called for research, more research on this, well, and there was no backlash there. I mean, there's a lot. There's it's just a lot of more. It's just a lot more like the environment we're in right now, and more of uh, how we can prevent this like happening. It's just, especially when we have so much re- how much so much of the resources but are just so powerless. It just makes people want to find something, and it's not always the right thing. Uh, there's one, uh, like I guess, important fact to note. In 2011, the Supreme Court rejected a uh, California law banning the sale of violent uh, games to children. They claimed that these games um, are protected by the First Amendment. So banning these games are clearly out of question. All right, well, we just have to see what moves this... Uh, the government makes from now on. Yep. I love vaping. <laughs> Just kidding. I've never vaped before. But you def- I definitely go into every single boy's bathroom. And I see a few uh, jewel pods. You know, I smell it. Not gonna lie. Like, even though, like, vaping's horrible. I hate, like... I, I don't like how people vape in the bathrooms. But, like, not gonna lie. Bathrooms smell nicer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it, co- it covers up all the urine scent. <laughs> yeah. But... Back to the topic about vaping, uh, the studies show that vaping may harm the lungs. Now, may is a very uh, suggesting word. But however, uh, studies show that on lab, on uh, what are they called, Petri dishes, when you put down lung cells and then you put expose them to like vape juices of non-nicotine, non-nicotine, and nicotine varieties, both of them suffered the same fate, and that may be due to like the chemicals in it. The harmless chemicals made harmful by vaping. I don't know how that works, because I don't vape. <laughs> and um, something so interesting is that, like how uh, vaping like kind of had a boom recently. Like maybe like a few years back, this uh, finding might not have been so important because like like. Who knew about vaping like three years ago? But right now, um, I guess the, n- the number of uh, students vaping has like tripled this year. Uh, this year alone, like it's insane. Like, um, uh, especially for like a developing brain, 
can be so, uh, I guess, prone to be uh, addicted to like such, uh, such sort of instrument, I guess. I mean, I have no problem with people vaping as long as they just don't do it in my face, you know? I think there should be an age, like, uh, there is definitely an age, but... But we all, but who, who listens to the law, right? Yeah. I don't like how people are saying vaping's healthy or vaping's, vaping's clearly better than cigarettes, but that doesn't make it something good. Like, that doesn't make it not harmful. It's still harmful, and people should realize that. Uh, but like we have, it doesn't matter. We can there's you can talk to stubborn people, and um, they'll keep seeing their ways. Now maybe for them it helps them a lot. It helps them focus. It helps them cope with their lives. But I just don't. The side effects that happen are kind of concerning. It's and, a little concerning. And something that's like really concerning is that uh, the amount of nicotine in the I guess, uh, vape juices or vape uh, vials. So nicotine can be absorbed through the gut or the skin. And uh, 30 to 60 milligrams of it can kill an adult, whereas uh, 10 can kill a child. And a study has shown that um, most of these uh, small vials of e-cigarette stuff contains 100 mg of it. So, like, it's more than enough to kill an adult if it's, uh, I guess, consumed. That's, and, just, that's insane. And like the FDA, like sometimes, or or the companies sometimes label this as like food or drinks. And I don't think they should be able to do that. Like they describe those, uh, their flavorings as uh, generally safe, even though it's quite unsafe when inhaled or perhaps consumed. Um, well, for now, we just got to see what happens to those people. Alright, Belmont High, you guys keep vaping. You'll you'll be helping science. <laughs> so those of you that made it this far, we're sorry if we sound like we're BSing this. Because we kind of are. But that doesn't matter. We still have a really good podcast for you. We're on to our final topic, and this topic is about our technology of the week. Want to introduce it? Yeah, it's a reversible microwave. That, reverse microwave. Uh, sorry, reverse microwave. So microwaves are uh, things that like we can heat food or drinks up quickly, right? However, never before has there been a gadget that does the opposite. We could wow. cool something without a long wait. Well, our wait is over? Yeah. Now there's a product called VTEX, and it's an environmental-friendly, efficient system that cools beverages in a matter of seconds. Isn't that insane? That is so cool. (laughs) Now I don't have to wait three hours for to cool a drink. Yeah. Yeah, like it frees up refrigerator space. It's uh, it doesn't require lots of energy. Energy, yeah. It's just uh, really efficient. And um, I think it's really cool how it works. Don't explain how it works. All right. So the way it works is you put it in the machine. The machine spins it around in a liquid. And that lick, the spinning it around, somehow, separates and keeps it in the it keeps it in the liquid state, while the heat is drawn out of it. And it's able to cool stuff, like big bottles of liquid, from room temperature, so like seventy two degrees, down to f- like, what forty two degrees Celsius, so forty 30 degrees, degrees, yeah, 
a 30 or 40 degree drop, which is a, a Fahrenheit drop, which is a pretty substantial drop, and it makes and it's a really efficient way to cool stuff too. And it does this in like what, like 40 seconds without disturbing the carbonation. So you you can can do it with like sodas, beers, like what what suits you, you know? Yeah, which is so. Next time you got a party, uh, you can definitely use this stuff. Please. But, however, the sad news is, it's still in development. You can go pre-order one, alright? Just go to the online website, just look up V-Techs, and you can look. Uh, you can uh, pre-order one if you're lucky. But at the moment, it's still in development. It's not for commercial use yet. So at the moment, you can only dream. <laughs> dream of chilling your sodas in 40 seconds uh thank so thank you for listening to our tps number 10 yeah the big 10 the big 10 we're 10 podcasts and i can still remember our first podcast i wasn't here Uh, okay well thank you for listening uh have a good week see ya